Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kinda depends, and probably some rando too. But no complaining, cause this is free. Free! This is Beauty and the Beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. I just finished up a live stream hosted by YouTubers The Britisher and The Ogre. We had a conversation about the Charlottesville violence, political violence generally, free speech, and most of the topics that you know I enjoy. They were very kind hosts, so if you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, Please find their channel links in the description and tell them I sent you. If you do, thanks for listening and enjoy. <laughs> uh, y'all thought I was joking. Uh, but actually, as you can see in the little box down there, we have Matt Christensen here with us tonight. And um, for those of you that have hung around for a little while, we've had all kinds of people on. Some of them are giants, some of them are not so big. Whatever, it's all been in between. But. Uh, look, as you can see, I'm a little flustered right now because this gentleman is kind of a, an unknown mentor of mine. I watch his videos. Uh, I like the way he presents things. Um, so there we go. Without getting into too much more about how I feel about our guests, I'm sure you all know him. Um, I'm just going to let you know, Matt, that I'm going to work pretty uh, hard tonight, as hard as I can, to make sure if there's any videos that you want to be played with audio that you just would pop them in the side chat. I'll have them up oh. as quickly as I possibly can and push play if you have a timestamp that you'd like, whatever, anything like that. Just put it in the side chat, and sure. I'll be doing that with the Britisher also. But you know what I'm going to do right now? Uh, I'm going to turn this over to my friend, the Britisher, for – I'm not going to say the most part. I'll try to weasel it here. But um, unfortunately, I do believe we're going to try to discuss this thing that just happened recently. Uh, the, uh, the Charlottesville stuff. Yeah. That's what you, Okay. Yeah, but take it on, Brett. Well, I think, you know, obviously we had, um, knowing that you were coming on, Matt, we had uh, sort of made various plans as to what to talk about. Um, and then, of course, Charlottesville happened this mm -hmm. weekend, and it kind of just threw everything overboard because it would be kind of almost ignoring the elephant in the room. Um, so, I mean, we saw, I think we've both avidly been watching your um, live stream yesterday when you went on about it. Um, yeah. Because... It is definitely something that is very, very hard to ignore. And of course, the mainstream media at the moment is going completely berserk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So much so that even a president needs to come out and um, effectively say what they want him to say. Mm -hmm. um, so I just sort of thought it might be a good idea to kind of, you know, give us a chance to kind of try and expand on this, as in, where do we actually think this has originated from? What are the or origins, as in on the left and on the on the right? Mm -hmm. um, and <clears throat> also, where do we actually think this is going? And what can we actually do about it? Um, yeah. So I, I was sort of I was sort of wondering, you know, um, in that regard, I'm sort of trying to give you a kind of prompt, and then you can kind of just go on. We'll all just bask sure. in the glow of your radiance if you know what i mean um, <laughs> well don't set me up that so, high because i probably will fail <laughs> to deliver so no you know um i mean i don't know if you watched sargon's um this week in stupid this weekend i haven't actually where, yet where he kind of pretty much looks dead on into the camera and um asks the left if they're happy with what has happened if they're happy what they've effectively done hmm. um because he kind of basically postulates you know that this is a reaction to what the left has has been up to okay they have been agitating it was sooner or later only a matter of time until something would happen and the re the right would react and he says well here we are now you know pandora's box has opened and here we've got these guys so i was just wondering you know what you thought of that idea and um, where you would go with that? Yeah, without hearing specifically what he had said, if if he if it's accurate to say he's laying the blame upon the left generally, I don't think that's I don't think that's entirely unfair. I think my my frustration here with looking at what happened, which I'll preface everything by saying, is obviously terrible, and 
in no way does the the poor actions of one side justify what looks to be the terrible action of the other side. But what I find frustration in, and uh, I suspect Sargon would probably say something similar if he didn't already, is the lack of consistency. And uh, one thing I've been paying attention to this morning specifically is all the media coverage, as you mentioned. So Trump didn't disavow the white supremacists. Not good enough. We got to pressure him into it. And he comes out this morning and he does that. And he, he disavows the KKK and the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists specifically. Uh, and then, of course, more media reactions saying, well, it took him so long. Or, oh, well, he was reading off a teleprompter. That's not good enough. It's always a perpetual cycle of not good enough. But what really bugged me was a, a, few, a few clips I've caught. One was a back and forth on CNN yesterday in which Van Jones and a Trump uh, I forget what the guy's role was within the campaign, but some sort of Trump surrogate. Uh, we're going back and forth about the white supremacists and Antifa. And Van Jones says, well, when has Antifa ever killed a person? Okay, maybe fair point on the killing, but surely we have a year or two plus of, of recent history here in which political violence has become the norm. And then to, to, on the Today Show, they're interviewing Mike Pence, and they're grilling Mike Pence about the president not disavowing the white supremacists and saying he disavows political violence and hatred and bigotry on all sides. And, the, and they're saying, uh, they're asking Mike Pence, well, when he says all sides or all groups, what are the groups? What groups, are you, what, what groups is he talking about, Mike Pence? As though we don't have a history of the last year, two years, maybe more, Antifa, making political violence a norm, Black Lives Matter, making political violence a norm. Does that make what appears to be political well, and be violence? An excuse, and yeah. be an excuse, sir. I hate to interject that, but that's sure. the biggest thing. This Yvette Ferrarca and her ilk saying that they can do this and should do this has given rise to the other side saying, fine, and there breaks out all the crazy. Yep. Sorry, sir. No, no, so to, definitely. I, I like having a back and forth. So <laughs> feel free to. Well, like, we're going to keep it that way, but the British knows I'm stoked, man. Let me just say yeah. it because people are already mocking me in the chat. I try to run the chat and whatnot, but I yeah. can't believe you're here. So carry on. I'll just try well, not to get squirrely and make it the ogre show where nobody can hear what the fuck you think, but we'll try to interject. And, part and of I, I appreciate I appreciate the kind words very much. Thank you. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah, so what were we talking about before all that crazy seven? So oh, what, really, bu what bugs me is is the lack of consistency. Um, I, the best take that I've heard, and I think is probably the fairest take, is if you are a person who has contributed to the normalization of political violence on any side over the last few years, you should accept some role in this. Obviously, the, the primary blame goes on the guy who committed the act. But if you're one of these people who's been casually saying for the last few months, oh, yeah, it's, it's okay to punch a Nazi. After all, they're Nazis. Oh, yeah, it's okay to punch this guy because of his political worldview. After all, his political worldview opposes mine. It's disgusting. It's hateful. It's this. It's that. If you're, if you're one of the people who has contributed to that culture, then, it, again, without hearing what Sargon said, it makes sense to me. Presumably, this is something that you say, well, it's okay if you, I guess what I would say is, if you be, if you believe it's okay to punch a Nazi on the, on the grounds of political disagreement, what it, presumably it's okay to drive a car into a Nazi, right? Or it's okay to it's okay to vandalize, it's okay to punch. Why wouldn't it be okay to run over a Nazi with a car? Or if that's the precedent, and again, we have no evidence this is the case with the person who was killed, and it's very tragic. But let's say she was a commie. What if she was part of the Communist Party? Is that okay? I mean, she's part of the, she's a commie. No. So, well, I think, you know. I think it kind of ties into, you know, given that we were talking about Yvette Falarka there, mm -hmm. it ties into by all means necessary. The yeah. moment that you actually embrace that concept by all means necessary, then yes, then you drive cars into people because it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. The ends justify the means. Did you guys see her um, talking about, she, she was recently in court and she was talking about her defense. Um, oh, yes, that, I, I saw that. Did, oh, did I just, you I notice, just the, that did you up notice right her standing there, there looking angelic in a little white dress? Yeah, I, I just happen yeah. to have all that queued up right here. It might be a minute, mates, but whatever y'all wanted, I'll, I'll push play. It shows her alleged crime that we can all see, and then it shows her very, um, well, I'll just leave it up to you to decide her um, delivery on her side of it, but y'all want to watch yeah. this? Yeah, sure. Put it yeah. in her own words, not mine. Give it a try. 
A video shows Falarka repeatedly punching a man. The man had both hands up, walking to a line of police officers for help. Falarka and others dragged the man down and kicked him. Prosecutors charged Falarka with one count of felony assault and two misdemeanor counts of inciting and participating in a riot. Falarka did not enter a plea today. Her lawyers are still waiting for all the documents on the case. These charges are false against me. They should be dropped. She gave a short statement but did not answer any questions. Um, standing up against fascism and the rise of Nazism and fascism in this country is not a crime. We have a right to defend ourselves. Her attorney blames police officers for not stepping in earlier to keep the peace. I think anyone has the right to self-defense. And I think what's shown on that video. I don't know how much more of that we want to watch, boys. No, that's, well, that's pretty much about it. Isn't it interesting to me that, uh, she's an interesting, I guess it should be to everybody, but it's interesting to me that uh, she's making this self-defense case from what? From words you don't like? From ideas that bother you? When, when has Yvette Falarka ever been attacked? I've never seen it. If there's footage, I welcome it, but I've never seen her being physically attacked. I, I've got to do it, Matt. When the, when the African-American gentleman was stalking you, mm. I can't remember his name right now. You just said Daryl Lamont Jenkins. Yeah. Daryl Lamont, Mr. Jenkins. I should have wrote yeah. it down. Mr. Jenkins. I'll try to remember that. Yeah. When Mr. Jenkins was doing all this, I mean, come on, man. I hate to go with the feels because I know you're all about the real. So am I. Come on. How, what was going through your mind? When you were telling him about the polls that said that 48% of Americans thought it was hurting, Black Lives Matter was hurting race relations, 10% yeah. thought it was helping, and some others thought it wasn't making a difference, whatever. You see what I mean? What was going through your mind when you were right there with this guy, when you were confronting this kind of person? I've never been in that situation. Um, at, at the time, I was actually pretty pissed, to be honest. Like, I, I was bothered that, and you got to remember the context of this was a guy who had been following us. Uh, filming us, taking photos of us. Again, it was in a public context, so it's not like he's out of bounds necessarily just for that purpose, but a guy who had been lurking behind us for hours over the course of a few days. So I was actually pretty pissed because, again, you're more than welcome to do that in a public setting. I'm not saying you're violating my privacy or something like that, but what you are doing is you clearly have an interest in me and in Blonde, yet you're not just coming up and talking to us, which lots and lots of people did in cleveland uh it's it's fine if you i mean at that time too our, our channels were much smaller it's not like we were recognized nobody knew who we were or anything like that but plenty of people Twenty-five thousand. you told them twenty-five thousand at the time yeah it's much smaller at the time and like but plenty of people at the time saw we were you know we had a camera we had a makeshift mic setup we had we were talking to people and plenty of people just said oh hey you know who are you or what are you doing or in a friendly way and we, and we talked to conservatives, we talked to liberals, we talked to all kinds of people, some of whom I agree with, some of whom I don't. But there was only one guy who was doing that lurky, stalky stuff. And so it became clear at one point what he was doing, and so I got confrontational with him, and then it became this kind of sort of weird debate thing, but he ended up threatening me and saying he's going to ruin my life and he's going to expose who I am. And I said, you don't have to dig to find my name. Here's my name right here. I want you to expose me. Take this name, find out all the white supremacist associations that I have, and I want you to publish it online. And I want you to send me the file when you're done. Lo and behold, <laughs> we're 13 months later. I'm still waiting for that file. Oh, you're not, you're not going to get it. But when Mr. Jenkins, when he was like, uh, well, when that thought becomes action, you answer me that. Yeah. He was like, he was kind of, in my humble opinion, yeah. he was, he was, um, I wouldn't say at that point he was invading your space, but the, the conversation you were, obviously you had some little small tells. I mean, with some, of your facial muscles were a little, in other words, you were obviously upset to somebody paying attention, but you weren't, you yelled the one time when here's the point, you're not going to get anything. And yeah. I didn't hear you one time, Matt, to your godly credit, man, whether you believe it or not, to your credit, sir, I didn't hear you one time say that it should have been illegal that this guy was following you around and kind of like harshing your good time and then accosting no. you with this very aggressive form of, do we call it debate? Not Socrates debate. I think so what I, he was doing is very poor taste, but no, do I ever feel, did I ever feel genuinely threatened? No, not really. Um, but but I just as a personal matter, I find it annoying that someone would lurk on you, but not 
state his intentions and not just be a normal person. I've got to let the Brett it. take on, man, because sure. I'll just keep bulldogging. I did that. Well, I'll tell you, sir, you, you, the, the restraint you showed in that situation where the other gentleman was sitting down there with his girlfriend or whatever, and he was like, well, you said all right. And you were like, no, I was saying that I wasn't all right. And I, I was saying he said I was all right. And the guy was like, you said all right. Why don't you just freaking leave, man? Yeah. Hey, look, brother, hat off to you. Man. <laughs> well, I appreciate just, it. It was incredible. It's, a, it's an encounter I hope never to repeat, to be honest. But yeah, I wouldn't want to ever be in that situation <laughs> myself. I don't know if I'd handle it that well. I would probably remove myself from the situation much before that. And then we wouldn't have this this disinfectant called sunlight shining down on this blatant provocateur out there hassling a gentleman that's that is working as a citizen journalist, in my humble opinion. There you go, Brett. I will be quiet now. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> No, but it isn't in a way, don't those two cases in a way tie together that basically this Mr. Jenkins, as we now decided to call him, mm -hmm. and um, Yvette Falaka, that yeah. um, it, it, just that question that you sort of asked before, well, you know, if she was acting in self-defense, what was she defending herself against? Mm -hmm. And in that regard, I think Mr. Jenkins is in exactly the same territory, that they feel entitled to basically defend themselves or defend their community or whatever they perceive as a dangerous idea. So yes. the existence, the idea is effectively the attack upon them. Um, I mean, when you listen to Falarka, she speaks of genocide. Yeah. It's one of her favorite words, genocide. That, yeah. um, uh, President Trump is in, uh, willing to enact a genocide. And you just say, well, in that case, he's now been in, in power for half a year, hasn't he? So where are the mass graves? You know? um, and I think with Mr. Jenkins, you're looking at the same, you're looking at the same sort of logic that um, basically there is this idea. And what if that idea is put into action? I mean, how many times did he ask you that? Yeah, I mean, that's the point. It's like, well, he did say something to the effect of, you're right, it was uh, what happens when words or thought become action. It's like, yeah, at that point, that is when crimes can be committed. But it's crucial that we maintain that distinction. And we're witnessing exactly the consequence of not maintaining that distinction. Because if you don't maintain that distinction between words and thoughts and action, then all of a sudden, violence is a justifiable reaction to words and thoughts you don't like, which is exactly yes. what we've seen on display at you're Berkeley. Or... In their logic, you're acting preemptively. Yeah, if you, accept, if you accept their worldview that words and thoughts can be violent in and of themselves, then their self-defense case makes perfect sense. Like If you accept that premise, which I don't think you should, but you're right, that's, and that's, that's why the also, case they build. If... And that's why also if there is a, a large demonstration in Charlottesville, yeah. you must go there in order to prevent it from happening. Because you yes. cannot allow those ideas to be expressed because those ideas are in themselves violence. Yeah. And it's such a such a pessimistic worldview or just what bothers me a lot about these people is they have no faith in the marketplace of ideas. You know, they have no faith that bad ideas are probably going to de be defeated by good ideas. Ultimately. Maybe they have no faith in their ideas, sir. That, and that could be true too. If you don't think your own ideas are competitive, then yeah, you're, you're not going to have them flourish based on competition with other people's ideas. You're going to have them flourish based on, uh, you know, them being enforced by the baseball bat or whatever else is your, is your tool du jour. Well, I mean, we know for certain that, you know, as far as that ideology is concerned, they quite like the tool of force, Yeah. whether it be um, violence in the street with Antifa or whatever, but also with, um, well, if you say something our corporation doesn't approve of, then you're fired. Um, yeah. So in essence, that element of reinforcing your idea with, well, yeah, force in the end, um, seems to be quite down their street as such. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I just came to a dead end there. No, no, um, I, 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 uh, I don't, I agree in full. It's a, uh, I start thinking about all this stuff, not only in the context of, of 
marketplaces for ideas, but just in like economic marketplaces or just what competition means generally. And it always seems like they favor that authoritarian idea that someone with the good ideas, the quote unquote good ideas should be in some central planning castle somewhere deciding what's going to win and what's going to lose, whether it's ideas or products or whatever else. And they have no faith in the competitive forces of a market determining uh, what, what, what is the best? What is the most ideal? They have no faith well, in your own ability to choose as an individual. And it's just such a. Well, I think uh, one of the problems, of course, is also if you have a kind of religious view in mm-hmm. that regard, in your ideology. And that namely, you know, just like with a religion, there is only one truth. There is only one correct truth. Yeah. And therefore, of course, if there is only one correct political view, then leaving it to the market to decide means leaving it open for the wrong view to win. Yeah. It, it's just, I, I hate everything about that worldview. Like, I, I hate, I can't imagine coming on this show and talking to you guys and saying, no, no, listen, I have the correct ideas and I am now going to impose them upon you. Just, just in terms of your everyday interaction. I don't do that with, um, I don't know, think of anything. Think of your sports team preference. No, no, no. There is one true NFL team that is the correct choice, and I'm going to impose it upon well, you, if, that if you, sort of if thing. You, if, you remember, if you remember correctly, you will know that that isn't your role. That is the role of the Wiltshire police force. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> nice transition. Yeah, I, there. I admire good transitions. I like oh, when, that. when that lady was like <laughs> the most horrifying thing that she could get was a, a, a 999 call from uh, about Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a beautiful breakdown, too. I, Brett. You got to get it. To it. But what about that, man? It's, it's, the, it's creeping all over the world. I don't know if they're exporting it here. We're exporting it there. Well, I'd be curious for Britishers' perspective on that, because I've spoken to a few of my British friends about this, and I've asked them, was that show sensationalized? Is that dressed up? Or is is a crippled guy arrested, charged, and convicted of texting offensive things? Texting mean words. Yeah, of course. Count Dankula is one example. Um, Count Dankula recently also tweeted two cases that he set next to each other. And that mm. was that, um, you know, basically the newspaper reports of two cases that were kind of juxtaposed next to each other. And one of them was um, a football fan who had made some, uh, well, let's say inappropriate jokes okay. about a Swansea, a Swansea footballer having died on the, on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And that particular footballer was black, which, of course, then immediately introduced a racial element. Mm -hmm. And he went down. He went to prison. So he went to prison for making jokes online. These were were just tasteless jokes similar to what crippled guy in the Wiltshire police case said. Well, And the the Britisher may be able to tell you about uh, some problems that you may have there if you rev your car in a racially... (laughs) In a racial manner. <laughs> How do you do was, that? There was How is case, that possible? There okay, was a case hear. where somebody in Scotland was actually sent down for revving his car in a racially aggravated manner. Okay. What, is, what does that mean? Like so, in a minority neighborhood? Or do, is it like pulses so of exhaust that are Morse code? Or whatever that was crossing the road and he was waiting for them to oh. cross the road and he revved his car at them. And then got done on, uh, you know, sort of racist aggravation. Is that on the basis of his race or is that on the basis that he was in the road? I mean, would he have done the same to a white guy? It's up to the victim. When it comes to these offenses, is it up to the victim to decide whether they feel that there was a a racist connotation to it? Wait, wait, wait. wait. What if you're white, though? If you have got someone walking around who has got a chip on their shoulder... Yeah, you know the kind of people who always feel aggrieved. Then yeah, this, you know the kind of culture we're cultivating. Yeah, this is absolute heaven for them, because of course they will then see offenses everywhere. I mean, well, I did a piece. I to did be piece clear, on, oh sorry, go ahead. I just know? have one question, but I mean, I did a piece with um, the week that was once where uh, there had been reports that um, 
on on the trains that London as so the transport police that's the special police force that looks after all the trains that they had reported that kind of all sorts of um, indecent assaults and uh, indecent exposures had doubled in the last five years mm-hmm. and I just thought well that's that just doesn't sound reasonable you know there won't be suddenly twice as many flashes at, at railway stations and things like that yeah but if you rem- if you sort of consider that most of these um, complaints have come from uh, the London tube so the rest of the railway network of the entire nation can be completely ignored mm-hmm. most of these things have come from the tube network mm-hmm. and then you suddenly realize that there had been you know several sort of moral panics just simply about um, a, a bikini girl on a um, on a on a fitness uh, supplement poster, okay. you know, and it had it had garnered something like forty four thousand complaints or, or, or something like that, and you suddenly realise, well, hang on a moment, there are therefore thousands of Zarna Joshis, yeah, basically yeah. taking offence at everything that happens, and now if you've ever been on the London Tube, you know what it is like at rush hour. It's packed like sardines, mm-hmm. and with this being effectively a Victorian system, it's a very bumpy ride. Now, imagine yourself in one of these tube wagons, stood next to Zarna Joshi during rush hour. What are God, the chances no. that you manage <laughs> to get out hell. of that tube wagon without being accused of sexual assault? Oh yeah, if you so much as graze her. I mean, if if the, you know, the the cabin sways and you graze her. Yeah, absolutely. And hence, I would say that more than likely explains how this statistic has suddenly doubled within the last five years. Mm. It isn't that we've suddenly got such a you know such an unbelievable surge in perverts. It's more than likely that we've got a surge in um, sort of hyperactive feminists. Yeah, yeah. To to the question on the the racially aggravated or racially motivated. uh, car revving would this let's just say the the races were reversed let's say it's i'm crossing the street black guy revs his engine at me do i get am i afforded that right to decide as the victim of this aggression am i as a white guy afforded that right to determine if i was racially targeted or is does it not work that way you would more than likely be able to lodge the complaint but i'm assuming that given that you're not part of a protected group that therefore it would be ignored, if you know what I mean. So if you well, happen are to all be able non-white to races a protected group, then, or just certain non-white races, let's say Asian. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I would assume that more than likely all the non-white races are more than likely classed as a protected protected group. Okay. Huh. And other than that, you know, you would have other sort of religious groups, you know, the Jews, people like that, that would be deemed as worthy of protection. Yeah, what about the Irish? <laughs> if the Irish came in and, and uh, were targeted think, by... Uh, yes, I think the Irish would more than likely be able to claim um, victimhood, uh, victim status as such. Wow. But I'm okay. not sure that, for example, the Germans would be able to do so. <laughs> so, so, so basically, okay irish guy revving german guy crossing the street who wins who's more or um oh, you know the irish if it's Most let's say trans feminist yeah, disabled black lady driving her car but all uh, but uh or i don't know you, you could imagine a scenario in which it's like um well, gay, gay asian guy driving car trans black feminist crossing the street like who's yeah, oppression no. i mean the ultimate scenario in that regard is of course, um, you know, uh, Jewish versus Muslim, because mm. we all know yes. that anti- anti-Semitical attacks have gone through the roof, and well, we all Jews, actually yeah, know well. where they're coming from. It's not really the it's not really the far right. It's coming from the Muslim community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, as such, we kind of know that um, that that is happening, and that there doesn't really seem to be that much being done about it. So in that regard, it appears to be that if it's Jewish versus Muslim, the bias seems to be at least on the side of law enforcement, which seems rather to be with the Muslim community. Now, this sounds like a a blanket statement, and I know full well it is. Um, But yes, uh, there have been sort of repeated complaints from the Jewish community 
are basically saying, look, uh, we feel under attacked and nothing seems to be happening. And this is not only in this country, I mean, particularly in France, there seems to be an exodus of Jews where mm. they are heading to Israel because they, they are saying that they are feeling, um, you know, increasingly uncomfortable in, in that country. Because of uh, because Islamic of, migration uh, or because of what? Because of ever-increasing um, anti-Semitism okay. that seems to be coming their way and against which not much is being done. Because again, of course, it's, it's one minority against another minority. And the, um, the, the kind of ruling government kind of feels, well, we can't really intervene. We might be, we might be seen as racist. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That, that tied into that, that story you did, bro. I mean, they, they were more worried about being racist than, and so they didn't want to turn in this, this grooming gang. I, look, I don't know how far off in the weeds y'all want to get with this crazy stuff. There, <laughs> there always is going to be a problem, Mr. Christian, Mr. Burrish. There's always going to be a problem when you tell a group you are oppressed, you are downtrodden, systemic racism. Right now, the worst systemic racism as far as education goes is among Asians. They, they got to get the highest scores. Nobody, they, they don't get a lot of grants. Uh, white males would be really close. I mean, it's, it's, and where white males are not told, look, I'm going to get in trouble later from the British shirt, Matt, but I'm just going to say it. Don't call me all right. Anyone, please. But right now the most oppressed group that I can see in this country is the white male. You, you can't speak your opinion if it involves any other race. And, and I'll ramble on and on and on. Everybody already knows what I think, but I wanted you to know that too, Matt. I would but certainly say it's the one that's socially acceptable to, um, to have those sorts of views towards like if we see racism or sexism in society that generally gets shamed by a hell of a lot of people. If you are racist or sexist toward white males in particular, that is more commonly socially accepted. Well, I mean, sure. you know, uh, how many tweets are there? Kill all white men. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, I, I think uh, that kind of ties us back in almost with Charlottesville because um, of course there on that nightly march, you know, when they did their Nazi torch parade. Um, one of the chants they were doing was, you cannot replace us. Mm. Um, which kind of very much kind of ties into that, let's get rid of all white men. And that is kind of one of those, that is kind of one of those signs that it does seem to have been some of the militancy of the left which now seems to be fostering a reaction from the oh, right. Yeah, yeah I also mean, also the fact that anybody who who says anything that can be misconstrued, even though they have no intention as such of saying anything racist, anything that can be misconstrued as racist is immediately a sign that this person is a fascist, yeah. a Nazi, someone from the alt right. Yeah, and that means that they are effectively driving those people into the arms of the real alt right. Yeah, the real Nazis. And One of the um, in, in that regard. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go for it. I was gonna, there are a few things we're losing culturally that I really regret. Um, one of them is exactly what you described, which is this assignment of malice, and um, we encounter an opinion we don't agree with. Or we encounter a statement that may be questionable, but might be kind of unclear. And rather than using that as an opportunity to discuss and ask the author of the statement, well, what did you mean by this? Or get some clarification. We just, we, we take, we assign malice to it. And we say, well, this person's X, Y, and Z. This person's morally inferior. This person's a scumbag, whatever. And uh, I mean, not only is that a shame just because we lose out personally, intellectually, in, le in learning about what our opposition actually thinks, but because it contributes to this very, uh, I, I don't know, this very fractured society that we have where these insulated bubbles, insulated pockets of very ideologically driven people. And um, I don't know how we restore that cultural value of just encountering an opinion with which you disagree and meeting it on neutral terms and just asking questions about it. Well, what do you mean by this? Or what's your view on that? not assigning malice to someone based on uh, your disagreement with them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of the, the fact that if someone is to the right of you, 
he might actually be right of center. Mm -hmm. There is no there is no saying that he is far right. And if someone is to the left of you, he might just be left of center. Mm -hmm. There is nothing to say that he automatically is an anti-far or a communist. Right. But I think to that extent, um, particularly in US politics, that goes back quite a long way that people started dismissing each other, you know, not not yet quite in the physical sense that we saw in Charlottesville and, you know, in, in other incidences, but that people already started wearing political blinkers mm -hmm. some 20, 30 years ago, whereby, you know, anybody who has anything to say on healthcare reform, they're a communist. Anybody yeah. who has anything to say on, um, on anything that could involve um, uh, immigrants is alt-right is is a fascist is something like that so yeah. it seems to kind of it's almost as if um you know a problem like the one we have now doesn't actually just emerge out of the blue it yeah. takes time to grow and in that regard it's a bit like an onion there are several layers to it yeah and at its core may actually be the fact that Something about civil society, as you say, kind of started cracking. Something about the civil discourse started dying some time ago. I mean, it may perhaps have something to do with the fact the media changed. You know, the, the yeah. way that Fox News and then MSNBC and things like that started changing the way the political discourse happened. That that, in a way, became sensationalized. And that nuanced, in a way, boring reporting mm -hmm. kind of went out the window. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, another the other hot topic this week that that uh, illustrates that point is, is how this Google memo was covered. I mean, the, mm. the, all objectivity, all fairness to what the man actually wrote in his memo was thrown out the window for sensationalism about sexism and hatred of women and and bigotry and this that and it's 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 just frustrating i'm not saying there's no place for like opinion oriented journalism uh, certainly that's what i guess what i do i mean i don't like the title journalist cuz i'm not in the business of fact finding really i'm more in the business of opining um and there's certainly a place for that but who do we turn to anymore for the objective delivery of the facts i didn't see anybody in what you'd consider the mainstream media giving a fair shake to this Google memo, not, not agreeing or disagreeing. Just say this, this is a series of points that he made and the people at Google who are freaking out disagree for this reason. I didn't see any of that coverage. I just saw calling him a sexist, um, mischaracterizing his memo in, in with a variety of straw men that he didn't actually say. Uh, and it's, it's a disservice. It's a disservice to, to the American people. Uh, and it, it bums me out. It bums me out that we don't have somebody who's somebody in the mainstream media, somebody in mass media, who's just in the business of assembling facts and letting you decide. It's the letting you decide for yourself part that I guess is too troublesome. <laughs> sort of a bit of a, a bit of a Walter Cronkite figure in that regard. Yeah, one of the things one of the things I wonder about in the media often is, um, I mean, because it, se it seems to me, I, I love talking about botched media coverage. It seems like what I talk about half the time. And I often wonder, is it much worse now than it used to be? Or is it just the fact that in the age of the internet and the information we can exchange very easily, it's, it's much easier to check their reporting now than it ever has been before. The, the fact that we have a cell phone getting footage at, on scene at pretty much every news story all the time means that their ability to get up there and shape the narrative about the story for whatever purpose they have is limited because we can all go find that footage on YouTube within a few minutes. So I don't know. Sometimes people talk about like the golden age of media and Walter Cronkite and all this. And what was, was it better then? Or was it just the fact that we kind of all had to listen and believe at the time, like the fact checking was not available to your average citizen, whereas it is now. Oh, that was a uh, big, big key. That's that's the that is the problem that the manipulators of society and reality, hmm. the, the, the ones that would unleash the Mr. Jenkinses of the world <laughs> on an unsuspecting populace. And I'll tell you what, I am so thankful 
I've always been a news town, but I'm so thankful that I can get on it. And I can get it from Razor Fist and Matt Christensen and the Britisher and 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 uh, Mad Woman Muses, and I can go on and on. Conscious Caracal, you know, and a lot of the people that I go and get my news from and my opinions from, uh, they may have 500 subs. They may have, in your case, 80,000, Matt. But it doesn't matter. That's not what matters. What matters is we have this vast pool of ideas and minds to draw from right now, this vast well yeah. of, of intellect. And I tell you, people like, and I hate to keep beating up on Mr. Jenkins, but watching you do what you did, Maddie, Matt, I'm, I'm fond of giving people nicknames. I'll try Let's to do it. Go right ahead. But I'm not one of those people that's, you must call me by these terms. I don't care about pronouns. I don't care about what well, look, Maddie, you use, see, whatever. I was personally yeah. offended when this person was, when this was going down and your livelihood, I mean, the first thing you want to do is break your rice bowl. And oh, that's yeah. what these people want to do. They want to unleash this on us. And I'll tell you, we need more folks stand up and we need, we need this to continue. I hope yeah. that uh, what's, and I don't want to just jump right off of this, but what would be our salute? We only have you for just maybe 20 more minutes. So sure. I, I, uh, I don't know if you know, Razor Fist is he did. Yeah. A little... I, yeah. I, I just watched the video you might be describing, but go okay. For it then I won't belabor it too much. If you even wanted to talk about that at all, you've seen how he moved like stuff around and didn't even say anything. And they, they demonetized that. Yeah. yeah. I heard you speak about that. And without getting anything, you know, personal, because mm -hmm. I don't care how much you make or what you make, or if you make, I, I just see the quality of your content. Does I do razor fist? And I mean, go ahead and tell us about it. And where are we going to go? If YouTube slams the Dagnab door. Oh man, uh, that's that's a tough question. I can say so. So what Razorfist did was he he suspected everybody's familiar with this demonetization problem, and it's been across YouTube. You can't, as far as I can tell, you can't talk about anything with any kind of opinion on YouTube anymore, and expect to have ads placed on your videos. That's the bummer. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about how the system actually works. Razorfist did this experiment in which he uploaded an entirely non-controversial video with an entirely non-controversial title and it still gets demonetized and he was doing this to show it's it's not software reading your voice it's not the tags and titles it is simply if you're on a blacklist and he suspects blacklist. that he's on a blacklist. blacklist my experience is not the same as his i don't have that but but certainly like we talked about charlottesville for an hour last night because of that demonetized that podcast is demonetized because we talked about the most the number one news story in, in would you be country. willing to do a little experiment for us your beloved subs well i mean and i basic i basically like a five minute thing like that where you move stuff around and don't say anything just basically show your room and like straighten up your hat and your little thing and, and then I, see what they do i basically do that behind the scenes on a regular okay. basis anyhow because for the podcast i'm prepping all those clips they get up uh, uh, uploaded to my channel and listed and that's how i source them so um I, I did this yesterday because I had to upload uh, Donald Trump's statements on Charlottesville and I had to upload Terry McAuliffe's statement on Charlottesville and I upload them and call them, you know, um, what they were, Trump's statement on Charlottesville, uh, uh, McAuliffe's statement on Charlottesville, demonetized, even though they're unlisted. And it's just those guys talking about the events. So then I uploaded the same clips under a, 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 na a different name that doesn't have any Charlottesville in the tags or title, then they're monetized. So I'm not on a blacklist. Like I don't, my channel doesn't behave that way, but clearly in addition to the blacklist, there is some sort of algorithm that is looking at what terms you're using in your titles or tags, possibly even, I believe this to be true because I'll give you another example of how this works for me. A few weeks ago, I did a video on the claim that, that ISIS fighters fleeing Mosul were wearing makeup and dressing as women in these things. ISIS is one of those words on YouTube. It's just a no-no word. Like, it doesn't matter the context. It doesn't matter how you use it. If you put ISIS in a title or tag, it's going to get demonetized. So I was trying to get around this because I uploaded it first, and I always upload unlisted first. And I named it what I would, which is, you know, ISIS, whatever, ISIS and Mosul, whatever the name of the video was. And it was demonetized. I thought, oh, damn. of course, I can't call it ISIS, so I'll have to call it something else. So I uploaded it again, change no ISIS in the words or, or, or tags or in the titles or tags. Um, still demonetized. It, so somehow, if I don't put ISIS anywhere in the description 
about or the title of the video, it still knows that I'm talking about ISIS somehow. I still suspect that there's some kind of voice transcribing software that they have, something like that. It'd be pretty advanced if they do. Could we, could, I, we, could we maybe consider that there's possibly both for Google? I think there's some people yeah. like Razor, they just like chalk them up into the trash bin. And then there's some people, because I'm glad that you've done that. I'm all about side-by-side comparisons. I'm an I'm a amateur, somewhat amateur botanist. And, but I don't believe anything. People say, oh, I've got this thing that works great. I'll do a side-by-side comparison, yeah. and the plants never lie. And so when I hear you say, well, I see this happen, and I know there's algorithms. Brother, I've, I've tried to do a thing with music, and you can't yeah. really fool them easily with music. If it's copyright protected, they'll find out. Yeah. Uh, so, but could it be both? Could there be I, a blacklist? I totally believe it's, I mean, I've seen the evidence from Razor Fist and I, I buy his footage at face value. I believe that he's doing what he says he's doing. And, and if, if so, I don't see how you would conclude something other than blacklist. So to me, it seems like blacklist plus there is a blacklist plus an algorithm. And I, for whatever reason, am not yet on the blacklist. That would be my conclusion, but I'm fine if there's evidence. Otherwise you did ask what's the, what's going to happen or what's the solution. The silver lining in all of this that has been great is amid this controversy, the demonetization um, for, for people like me, for the podcast, for all the channels with whom I associate um, the, the people stepping up to support, directly has been huge so unfortunately patreon has dropped the ball recently (laughs) a lot of people are ditching on patreon too which i totally understand and i i'm frustrated with patreon as well but the point is between patreon super chat paypal other direct forms of support a lot of people are are taking that extra step to to part with you know a few hard-earned dollars a month or something to support people that they really enjoy and i do that too because you know the dave rubens of the world the sargons of the world the people i enjoy yeah i want to i want to i want to support them with what i can give a month because i enjoy their content and i want it to cont- i want it to maintain and so people have been doing that for all sorts of channels mine included and um if youtube decides to basically kill itself over this and not become a a viable platform anymore. I have faith. It's so amazing to me that they think they can just control the content that people want to watch. Like if they just tell you what it is that you want to watch, your opinion will change somehow. If they just redirect you, there's enough of a market Bandera. That is very Albert Bandera. There's enough of a market for independent content that certainly there's demand for guys like us to make it. And certainly there's uh, the, the, the willingness on the part of the consumer, therefore, to support it. So will it be on YouTube? I don't know. But certainly there's uh, enough demand for it to keep happening. And uh, I have no doubt that if it's not YouTube, some other website will rise to host this type of content. And people will just choose to support it directly uh, rather than relying on advertisers or whoever else to support it indirectly. So I'm, I'm not worried. I, I would like... I would like uh, a little certainty. I would like a little, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, security. Security, sure. Financial uh, security and your outlook and not wondering That's, if what you do one day is just going to, I mean, I heard Paul Joseph Watson got on and was like, he always has these sensational taglines. And then Brett, I know we're running low on time. I really want to let the Brett say something. I'll keep bulldog. And I, I Matt, you've been a pleasure, man. I just, well, thanks, I don't thanks, thanks for hosting me. Uh, but we, we look at this and he's talking about he doesn't want the, you know, and he works as editor at large for InfoWars. He does make a, whatever they pay him there. But mm-hmm. man, the guy one day at the adpocalypse, he went to bed making X amount and yeah. then woke up the next day and X was in the, in the crapper, so to speak. Yes. And I, oh, man. That that's the bummer on YouTube's part for me is like, look, I get it. This is your platform. This is your infrastructure. I get that you want to have your rules. And frankly, I don't dispute your right to have your rules on your platform. However, it's kind of like a renter situation, right? Like if I live in your home and you rent it out to me, your rules, your home, you can, you can kick me out if you want, but certainly you should kind of give me the, the benefit of proper warning. Keep me in the loop in terms of knowing how things are going to operate. You can't just like, if I rented space from you and you said tomorrow, like, Oh, by the way, here's a whole bunch of weird arbitrary rules all of a sudden. And it's time and it's changing now. Get out. Or you have to get out now. Was it yeah, Mike it, it, Pence? I'm not sure. I, I heard someone, some prominent figure anyway, 
um, recently made some kind of suggestion that the social media might have to be viewed as a utility yeah and therefore regulated in that regard yeah because i have made this argument time and again i mean that the ogre will more than likely be tired of of hearing me say it that you know when it comes to the telephone company i mean they're a private you know those are private companies mm -hmm. and they do not try and tell you what you're not allowed to say yeah. everybody would sort of think that would be scandalous yeah and in that regard yes of course we are in the we are in the area of publishing, really, but everybody's still responsible for their own words in that regard. So if somebody says something libelous or whatever, they can still be sued. But it's not the job of the actual, um, you know, utility, so to speak, to kind of police what is happening here. Yeah. Because, um, you know, why should it be in, in this day and age now that it has become so ubiquitous that we kind of know that these kind of giants have established themselves and we can't really see social media going away anytime soon? Why should it be them who get to be the arbiters? Yeah, well, I, I can agree that this is definitely a, a major problem that's that's rising. I don't know if you guys saw like was, so today discord came out and said that we're not going to allow alt-right or nazi opinions on discord oh um, i didn't oh. GoDaddy has said they're going to sever daily stormer which i'm not i don't care about daily stormer i don't read it it seems like crap to me but i'm not comfortable with the idea of these kind oh, of but these, discord was the wild wild west man i hope yeah. they don't start fooling around with that man damn yeah. so it's it's becoming clear that the people who control these platforms are saying certain opinions are not allowed now in an ideal world i would just love to leave this to the market and say okay well if they're gonna close themselves off to a certain market or make themselves non-viable to people who believe in free speech another competitor will rise in the case of youtube and google Man, it seems to me pretty naive that to think that somebody is going to rise with the infrastructure necessary to compete with YouTube and all the data processing that that requires. It's just it's monumental and that's the reason that YouTube's never really been profitable. So I I can definitely see the argument that regulation is needed in this context to to prevent the type of viewpoint discrimination that we're seeing. Like if you want to provide this service which is essentially a public utility service then you are not to discriminate based on viewpoint um i don't necessarily find that to be ideal but i can see why it would be the best course of action but then of course you then have to deal with the idea of some politician has to then stand up and basically argue in favor of the nazis do you understand what i mean hmm. that is that yeah. is always the danger with this kind of um thing that it is always easy to be the one arguing for the censorship because then you are arguing for decency and yeah. niceness and for people to be kind to each other. It's always much harder to argue for the other side of basically just saying, well, look, just let people do what they want to do. And if somebody says something nasty, well, then that's just a price we have to pay. Yeah. Which used to be a price that pretty much everyone was comfortable paying. You know, I, mean, yeah, I was exactly. raised in the age of sticks and stones, you know, man, like exactly. I, the, the, the experience that I saw in that Wiltshire police thing was like, yeah, it sounds like some kids were mean to this little girl at school like they were to me when I was her age and like I was to other kids, too, probably. Um, I this sheltering from mean words or offensive thoughts or even just opinions you don't like it's uh i guess it's a culture that we've cultivated that's really coming coming home to roost now but, but and, how and do we actually i mean i guess someone like jordan peterson would kind of argue you know the current generations are effectively lost hmm. the the only thing we can do is work on the next generations coming up yeah um so that basically sort of asks, you know, the question, what should we actually be instilling into the next generations? So basically, yeah. given that we, we live in the real world and we know full well that if we would just try to go, if, if we would just try to have our ideal back and just basically say, let's just go back to sticks and stones, then we would have a revolution going on because the mm. Yvette Falarkas of this world would just basically, you know, they would raise the red banner and, and there would be war. 
mercy. So um, what kind of compromise can we actually have whereby we still somehow have some sort of common sense and yet we don't have what we have now? Do you understand what I mean? Uh, I suppose. I feel like if I had the answer to it, I'd be. (laughs) I'd have have a lot of wealth in front of me if that were the case. All I can talk about is is what I, what's important to me, and um, the reason that I do this, the reason that I do what I do, and um, it's not necessarily any particular worldview, but it's more about the freedom to have whatever worldview it is that you want to have or whatever worldview it is that you arrive at through your own individual thought, through your own individual investigation. Um, that, that is the only thing that I want so desperately to preserve is, yeah. is that individual liberty, especially the individual liberty of what's going on in here in your mind. That's the when most comes, important. When it comes to that liberty, um, I mean, obviously, we don't want a state messing with that individual liberty. But if we now take something like the Charlottesville thing that happened there, Mm -hmm. do we actually want the state to go in heavily and basically drive these people off the street, both the right and the left, that basically we send in the riot police with clubs and beat Antifa and the far right off the street? Or are we then afraid that that creates a kind of new menace in itself by create by giving the state too much power. Yeah, yeah. I see where you're going with that. Like, do you create a police state <laughs> doing that? Yeah, what do you think uh, about that, Matt? I hope you got what he's coming at. Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, cracking everybody's skulls on horseback with police dogs like they did the, the miners in England with under the party. <laughs> I will say without without knowing exactly what happened in Charlottesville, it, it is puzzling to me that the police were apparently unable to control what had happened because on paper before this had happened, it seems like, okay, given the history of how these things have gone recently, probably a good idea to have a few too many cops than a few too little. So do I think that they have to be beating people? No, but it's clear that we have a, a, a certain segment of society, a bunch of ideologically driven groups that are incapable of, um, you know, like the bumper sticker says, incapable of coexisting with one another peacefully. So do I want them beating people over the head with clubs? No, unless those people, I don't want to sound like I just want them arbitrarily just, you know, without, you know, uh, with impunity, just beating, but I'm saying I've seen the melees that were going on. Yeah. That would have been a good time for some horseback um, state trooper to come out there (laughs) and pull out his club and go, no boys, you're being, Bad kids, girls, stop it. Do I want police being appropriate defenders of free speech where it is threatened? Absolutely. And I think that there are cases where increased police presence um, is necessary and does that. I'll give you an example going back to Cleveland. The reason that basically nothing happened at Cleveland when we were there in terms of like real violent altercation like we're witnessing now is because the cops outnumbered people, just civilians, probably like three to one, to be honest. And I'll tell you, everybody got to speak. Nobody was silenced. Their few scuffles I did see were broken up virtually immediately. And was it weird that, um, that there were like three cops for every one person walking around? Yes. But ultimately they did their job, which was to protect the individual right to speak. And that happened the whole time. No, it's going to happen. You you just made it. I mean, this is beautiful. So in, in Charlottesville, and I did notice as, as like the producer and co-host of the show, I mean, it's my, um, the bad stuff all falls on me. So I have to point out to you, Mr. Christensen, it's been an hour. You're welcome to stay as long as you want, but I never want to impose. And before you leave, now that I said it's already been an hour, we really want you to put a bow on what's been talked about today or whatever you want to say. That's kind of the way we sign out. And then I'd just like to ask you before you continue, sir, would it be easier for you? Because you said something about using this in the future. Would it be easier for you if we stopped the broadcast right after that, this, and then the British and I came back on the gloat later? Doesn't matter to me because I, like I said, I, I like to um, share this stuff on my platforms. Not only because it's well. So easy. in other words, would it be yeah. would it be easier for you if that when we're done here in the next uh, several minutes, if I just ended the broadcast so you no. could download that? Well, I've actually got my own recording of it, so okay, so we're perfect. totally fine. Oh, so Absolutely. I don't have to intrude yeah. upon your show. That was it. 
Yeah, um, no, it wouldn't be no intrusion either. I've got to say something. And look, I know now I'm filling your mind up and I should just be letting you speak. But <laughs> man, I got to tell you, the way we get, everybody wonders, how does the Britisher, how does the ogre get? No, uh, just like um, Scott Pressler, just like Razor Fist, just like Sargon of Akkad, just like Nazi Free, just like Matt Christensen. Matt is just one of those people that is a straight up, not that others that haven't answered us aren't straight up people, <laughs> but Matt is just one of them straight up people that got a, a request. He answered it. He made a time. He, he um, stuck with it. So anyway, I hope you remember what you were saying. Because And bear in mind, before you go, I really want to keep you on the hook for just putting a nice bow on the what we said today. So I got some good snippets from you, Matt. It, it, again, man, I don't want to, you know, the Brit's going to, he's going to berate me later. Well, berate might be strong. <laughs> He'd be like, don't be gloating over the people when they're right there, mate. You make them feel uncomfortable. So yeah. carry on. Um, man, I, I, the pressure's on for me to close with something compelling that the people will really love. I don't <laughs> no, know what's yeah, going to happen. No, um, what I will say about what I love about doing this kind of stuff and why I'm thankful that you invited me and why I'm happy to be here is and what I love formally about the internet, and I hope it sticks around, is, man, what a great place for people who otherwise would never have met, never have had dialogue, never have talked about anything, to come together and 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 just share ideas and throw ideas back and forth at uh, one another with an audience to decide, are these ideas compelling or are they not? I think I'll decide for myself, and, and if I like them, I like them, and if I don't, I don't. And that's what's great about all of this, and that is what, um, that's what I hope to preserve. That's, what I, that's, what, <laughs> that's why I want to keep doing this. Um, otherwise, we just have a bunch of authoritarian gatekeepers who decide what the message we will get will be and decide what's right and wrong for us and decide what's correct and incorrect and all that. And, uh, and I don't like that. So I, I'm very, um, I appreciate that you guys reached out to me. I had a great time and, um, I look forward to speaking with you whenever you decide you'd like to. Brilliant. Well, yes, uh, just from the off, I want to apologize that we were a bit all over the place. The kind of the plan somewhere went out the window, but we, we kind of kept on. And you did very well. So in that regard, um, everything's shifty. But um, so does the ogre still have any last words before um, Mr. Christian? Um, oh, you know, I do. I've got to share this. Uh, Mr. Christian, I mean, I don't, again, look, just take it with a grain of salt. You're famous in a quasi sort of way. So you're <laughs> going to have people like myself always do what I'm doing as we speak right now, which this is uh, Matt Christensen's uh, little YouTube page. I su highly suggest that you not only go by and check out some of his videos, but you tell your friends about it. Uh, I'm going to, you can see me doing it now. I'm copying this. I'm going to paste it right out here in the chat. I can't imagine that anybody that watches this stream doesn't know who this gentleman is, but if you don't, you have a pass, go ahead and leave the chat right now. Uh, <laughs> so hit the sub button, uh, hit the bell, the little, uh, gray bell there. And, uh, so it'll send you notifications and then keep up with this gentleman. If you do like Wolf Blitzer, God have mercy on your soul. If you do like <laughs> <laughs> uh, any of these people, uh, Maddow or uh, who are some of these other people on Fox and whatnot, have mercy on your soul and just take a little time and go and get what I would consider to be the real news from Matt Christensen. Mr. Christensen, unless you have something else to say, we just would both, like I believe I speak for the Britisher when I tell you, we are, I'm not going overboard when I tell you, we are honored to have you here, sir. Uh, we've had some folk on, but I've only been nervous once. I've been a public speaker a lot of my life and it was when you were coming on. It's because you do what you do very well, sir. You, you, and I hope that whether it's uh, avoiding the adpocalypse or, like you said, I hope the super chat keeps coming. I hope whatever has to happen happens so that you can continue to shine a little light in this sometimes very dark and confusing world. Yeah. And we can get a little well, disinfectant that, in here. That's, uh, that's very high praise, my man. And I appreciate that a lot because... Um, it, it's exactly the same way that I feel about content creators that I admire. You know, I, I, when I get to talk to people that I look up to on YouTube or wherever else, or people that are in the, in this business or, or people that influence the way that I think, you know, um, when I, when I am able to interact with them, that's, those are some of the few times that I kind of get like, uh, nervous myself. <laughs> so, um, so I, it's, it's high praise. It's high praise and I appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys hosting me. And, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm never, uh, I, I, it's important to me to be, uh, available. So, you know, 
not only to you, but to your listeners. You can find me on Twitter. You can talk shit with me on Twitter. I do that too much. Um, you can email me. Generally, I do my best to be as responsive as possible. So I look forward to it. All right, brother. Well, we hope to have you back anytime. Last word there, Brett, and then let's let this guy go because you know me and you know you. Uh, we'll just keep ding-donging with the fella till he looks at it. He's like, Lord, I'll never come back. We had Sargon for five and a half hours. Jesus I think it was Christ. at his behalf. It was at his okay, but uh, yeah. we, did, we don't want to draw you back in or make you feel obligated. Uh, so, Mr. Britisher, tell him how you feel, man, if you can, in front of all these people. Now, talk about putting someone on the spot. You know, he knows full well that he is de he's dealing with an extremely reserved British person here. <laughs> he then suddenly wants me to suddenly start oozing emotion across the airwaves. Yeah, well, I could so just, I could, I, could I could put my was, butt up on was, the screen and you could kiss it, really it if you want. It was great to have you on. And um, <laughs> it was, it truly put a smile on my face when I tweeted out to you, uh, knowing full well that it was a long shot, sort of thinking, well, Let's see if we can get him to come on. And when I when I said to the ogre, um, yeah, he said yes. He, he said yes, he, he would like to come on. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I can quite, um, you know, publicize what the ogre's reaction was. But let's just say it was a very positive one. <laughs> well, that's that's excellent to hear. All right, brother. Okay. So look, uh, look for something for the Britisher or for myself. Or so I look and look, I did it against the uh, Britishers. Um, Brett, don't kill me. But Caracal, if you do have something to say to this gentleman, he's got to go. He just got here. Tail end. Conscious Caracal is somebody that comes on very often with us. Sure. And I think he might just want to say hi and tell you to check out something real quick. Yeah, sure. That's and then Take off, man. Or we'll try to keep you here, Matt. You got to go. We won't feel offended. You should have seen the Brexit that... Uh, one dude pulled that was on here. I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, Yana, I just wanted to bring up another point, but which I think is a pretty good video uh, idea for you in the future, Matt. Um, sure. I think we're currently smack dab in the middle of a new moral panic. Uh, mm. Reds under the bed, basically. And I think it's, it's, it's a time of change. I think it's a paradigm shift that we're cur currently going through. And I think it's mm. the political landscape in the future is going to be pretty unpredictable. And I'm, I'm quite glad being, being part of it and being able to see this because it's a monumental time in our, yeah. in our history, basically, I think, personally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you have, um, if you have uh, thoughts on that, definitely send me an email or, or you know, get send in touch with me. Send him a tomorrow. I got to well, have his tweet. He'll come back on, uh, um, mm. uh, Caracal, so we got to let him go. Yeah. Thanks so much again, Matt. I think that's the last thing we'll say unless you got some glorious thing to do, like pull your butt out so that we can all kiss it. Well, yeah, I, was, I, I feel like my my joke there kind of uh, fell on deaf ears. No, I <laughs> saw it. I was I, I'm supposed to be the one that's off the handle, so I was just yeah. trying to keep it even keeled, not go, moon a moon Yeah, yeah. Know, like, well, you know, of all the reasons you're going to – that's just one more reason you'd get booted off of YouTube, but it's probably just um, accelerating the inevitable, so we'll get it over with. Anyway, I do appreciate it, guys, and uh, thanks, uh, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you next time if you'd like to. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.